Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, believe it or not, we're actually going to have some Bible study tonight. You might want to take some notes. I really believe this is his mind for this service. Uh, To start, of course, this is the first calling in the lost service of the new year. Now, without prophesying, if we were to sit down, you know, go out and, how did Dave say, get us a hot cup of coffee, pound the table, what's God saying to you and what's God saying to you and compare notes. How many of you already know that there's going to be more fasting this year than probably you've done in the past? Can I see some, see how, see, every, every, you already know it, right? Uh, how many of you know the, uh, right at the top of the list is everything to do with his presence for this coming year. His presence. And the way he's been saying that to me, this revival that he has been speaking of all this time through the blueprint 2020 and before, one term people might give it is a presence revival. Not by the gifts. We've, there's been revivals before by the gifts. There's been almost what I would call salvation revival. Some of those revivals, you can go back and whole towns got saved, but you never saw any. There wasn't many healings or supernatural works like that. But boy, people got saved. How many knows that's a good revival? Praise God for that. That's more important than anything else. There's also been other short-lived revivals where there's been more signs and wonders type things than there was uh, uh, salvations. Okay, although that's always the... Kenneth Hagin used to say, healing, signs, and wonders is God's dinner bell. <laughs> he uses that to draw the people and preaches the gospel and gets them saved. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, uh, you can open up to Acts chapter 3, verse 19 tonight. Just very clear. Now, this is a verse that he's been working on me on for a long time, more than a year. And uh, he keeps bringing me back around to it, and I get a little more, and then bringing me back around to it, and I get a little more. For context's sake, this is part of the message that Peter preached after the lame man was healed at the gate beautiful. Okay, so that's what that's the subject. That's what's going on here. And, of course, that that brought a crowd. Everybody in town knew about this guy. He's been there his whole life, or most his adult life, I guess. And he was allowed to beg, ask for alms at the gate beautiful of the temple. So everybody knows this guy. So when he gets really healed and they can see him jumping and leaping and praising God, I mean, it's going to get your attention. Ding, 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 dinner bell. (laughs) What is this? See, what is this? So in the course of uh, Peter's message to them, he says this astounding thing here in verse 19, Acts 3.19. Repent you, therefore... And be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Now, if you look up that word refreshing, it is Strong's number G403. Uh, I'm not even going to try and pronounce that. (laughs) And it properly means a recovery of breath. For example, if you were uh, to run a marathon or run a 5K, at the end you need to, you need a recovery of breath. But figuratively, figuratively Strong says, it's a type of revival. You're exhausted, you're wore out, you're tired. The Lord from His presence, He revives you. Now it's interesting, that particular Greek word only occurs one time in all of the New Testament. The word refreshing. I thought that was interesting too. So I thought, I wonder how often it's used in the Old Testament. So I did my little search. The word refreshing in the King James Bible only occurs once in the Old Testament. Now isn't that interesting, see? So here it is, Isaiah chapter 28 and verse 12. To whom he said, This is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the, there it is, refreshing. Yet they would not hear. So now that word in Strong's is Hebrew, H4774. And it literally means to rest or refreshing. Okay? 
Now, what's so amazing, it only, that word only occurs once in all of the Old Testament. Let's look at the verse right above it. And that's Isaiah 28, 11. For with stammering lips <laughs> and another tongue will he speak to this people. Now, isn't that something? Come on. It only occurs once in the New Testament, only once in the Old Testament, and the link is speaking in other tongues, prophetically. Now, there they were talking about, but it was, Paul even quotes this in 1 Corinthians 14, about, he quotes that very verse uh, in Isaiah 28, 11, over in 1 Corinthians 14. This is the rest. This is the refreshing. With, with another tongue, with lips of another tongue, he will speak to this people. Now, in fact, I actually wrote it down here. I did better than I thought. So go to 1 Corinthians 14, and let's look at that. See, how many of you think Paul had the presence of the Lord in his meetings? I'm pretty sure he did. Uh, you know, he said one time he preached a little long. <laughs> a guy fell asleep and fell out of an upper balcony or something, and it killed him. You know, Paul went over and raised him from the dead. I call that a pretty good presence. Other time Paul was preaching, it says he perceived that a man in the crowd had faith to be healed. Man got healed. So if anyone knows about having the presence of the Lord in your meetings, I think it would be the Apostle Paul. But isn't this in Well, what about your lifestyle, Paul? Do we know anything about your lifestyle that would cause that presence to be there? Well, 1 Corinthians 14, starting in verse 18. I thank my God, I speak with tongues <laughs> more than you all. Yet in the church, like right now, I had rather speak five words with my understanding that by my voice I might teach others also than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. Brethren, be not children in understanding, howbeit in malice be you children. But in understanding be men. In, now here he's quoting, in the law it is written, with men of other tongues and other lips will I speak unto this people. And yet for all that, they will not hear me, saith the Lord. So there is an absolute connection between the times of refreshing and speaking with other tongues. The type and shadow from Isaiah, Peter talking about it really in Acts 3.19, Paul talking about it in 1 Corinthians 14, and then now let's talk about the blueprint for many for a moment. How many times does the Lord encourage us to spend a lot of time praying in other tongues? Now, that's not the only thing he talks about. He talks about worship. He talks about the word. He talks about other things. But I didn't actually go through and count how many times he mentioned all of those things. But tongues is either the top or it's right near the top. Praying in the spirit. Now, here's one more thing that just fascinates me about this. The way that Peter worded that. That times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Well, let's look that word up. The Greek word presence, Strong's, G4383, it literally means the face. The face. Thayer's dictionary calls it the front of the head. <laughs> the front of the head, the face. The, the original Greek there says, from the face of the Lord. See, if, if Mark over there was in a room and I come in behind him, he may not know that I was in his presence or he was in my presence, you know, because he doesn't see me. But if I come around and I go, right, I get right in Mark's face, <laughs> in your face, I'm in your presence, and you know I'm in your presence. Well, this is worded specifically, these times of refreshing, when we're praying in other tongues, literally comes from the face of the Lord. It is His presence. It is the Holy Spirit. Now, yes, sir. God, me. Okay. All right. Give me a moment. <laughs> Any more? Preparation time is so different than how it used to be. Go to Exodus 33. Exodus 33. Genesis, 
Exodus. So what are we able to find that? Exodus 33. He's been teaching me out of this passage about his presence. When truth is really taught, the presence of the Lord is there. Because he is the spirit of truth. Amen. But we'll always teach the truth. Okay. But we're moving into something where his presence accompanies that truth in a way we've not seen before. Not in our lifetime anyway. Um, All right. Now, starting in, where did I say go? Exodus 33, correct? All right. And the Lord said said unto Moses, Depart and go up hence, thou and the people which thou hast brought up out of the land of Egypt. Unto the land which I swear unto Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, saying, Unto thy seed will I give it. And I will send an angel before thee. Notice that. I will send an angel before thee. And the Lord said unto Moses, Depart and go up hence, thou and the people which thou hast brought up out of the land of Egypt. Unto the land which I swear unto Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, saying, Unto thy seed will I give it. And I will send an angel before thee, and I will drive out the Canaanite, the Amorite, and the Hittite, all those otherites, and the Jebusite, unto a land flowing with milk and honey. Now, boy, watch this. For I will not go up in the midst of thee. I'm going to send an angel in front of you, but I'm not going with you. Hmm. Why not, God? The real answer is love. Here's why he wasn't going to go. For I will not go up in the midst of thee, for for thou art a stiff-necked people, unless I consume thee in the way. They were so... Why do you think the Lord has been having us complete the purging process? For a year. He wants to be able to manifest himself in us in a manner that does not destroy us. See, it's this the same passage where you'll see here in a minute. For thou art a stiff necked people, lest I consume thee in the ways. In other words, I'm, I can't go with you. If I, if I try and go with you, you're going to be consumed. So I'm going to have to send this angel in front of you. Okay? Now, when the people heard these evil tidings, they mourned, and no man did put on his on him his ornaments. For the Lord had said unto Moses, Say unto the children of Israel, You are a stiff-necked people. I will come up into the midst of thee in a moment and consume thee. Therefore now put off all thy ornaments from thee, that I may know what to do unto thee. <laughs> and the children of Israel stripped themselves of their ornaments by the Mount Horeb. And Moses took the tabernacle and pitched it without the camp. Why do you pitch? Why did he need to pitch it without the camp? God can't come in the camp the way they were, or they would be consumed. Now, he had to pitch it outside the camp. And he called it the tabernacle of the congregation. And it came to pass that everyone which sought the Lord went out unto the tabernacle of the congregation, which was without the camp. Now, if you look that up in the Amplified, or if you look it up, he's not talking about the whole people of Israel came, but if you needed a question answered, if you needed something from the Lord, you would, you individually would go and ask, Moses, can you ask the Lord about this for me? Okay? Verse 8, And it came to pass when Moses went out unto the tabernacle, that all the people rose up, and stood every man at his tent door and looked after Moses until he was gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass, as Moses entered into the tabernacle, boy, the cloudy pillar descended. Talk about the presence of the Lord. The cloudy pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. And the Lord talked with Moses. And all the people saw the cloudy pillar stand at the tabernacle door. And all the people rose up and worshipped. I bet they did. 
every man in his tent door. They're not going out there. <laughs> I see it. I worship from here. And that's safety for them. Verse 11. If you want to know where the face-to-face, where I got the title for the face-to-face documents, this is it. This one and also in uh, Third John, I believe it is. might be Second John. I, I want to come talk to you face-to-face. And the Lord spake unto Moses face-to-face, as a man speaketh unto his friend. And he turned again into the camp. But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. And Moses said unto the Lord, now this is Moses talking now. See, thou sayest unto me, bring up this people, and thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name, and thou hast found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now the way that I may know thee. Now, that's not in there for no reason. Show me now the way. Does that remind you of any New Testament verse? I am the I am the way, the truth, and the life. So show me thy way that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is thy people. They are your people, God. And he said, My presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. And he said unto him, now, this is, this is my prayer. This is, this is where I'm transitioning right now. If you want to know where Gary is, I'm, I'm ready to quit the ministry. I seriously am. Don't worry, Angie. <laughs> but I'm at the point, if this verse does not manifest, I'm done. I'm through. And he said unto him, If thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. In another translation, it says, if you're not going to go with us, don't send us. Now, that's what he's saying. For wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not in that thou goest with us? And he means your literal presence. Now, he's in the presence of the Lord right that moment. The cloud has descended. I mean, even the other people can tell. Moses is talking to God here. But he's saying, when we go into this promised land, see, how many times did Pastor Dave tell us, God did not turn you over to an angel? Remember that? That's what God did. I see now, this is probably one of the places where Dave got that. God was going to. I'm going to send an angel. He'll go ahead of you. He'll fight for you. No, it's not good enough. Thank God for Moses who made intercession. An angel would be good. God is better. (laughs) But he said, this is the Lord talking now, that thou cannot see my face, for there shall no no man see me and live. But now, you still got your meditator on, that times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. But that word presence really means face. Something has to happen different between the old covenant and the new covenant. Type in shadows about to come, how you do it. He said, Thou cannot see my face, for there, no, there shall no man see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place beside me. And maybe you know Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Christ is seated, and he is the rock. Look at this. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me. Thou shalt stand upon a rock. (laughs) And it shall come to pass, while my glory passes by, I will put thee in a cleft of the rock. We are in Christ Jesus. (laughs) We are in Christ Jesus. Thank God we're at, we also, Ephesians chapter 2, we also, He has quickened us together, raised us up together, and seated us together with Him in heavenly places. We are seated at the right hand of God and we are hidden in the cleft of the rock. We are in Him and we can see His face. 
and live. Shandai Mahandai. Is that good stuff? Even though I drive a Kia. <laughs> that is good stuff, isn't it? It is short. <laughs> Sue says, it is, baby. <laughs> I'm still my girlfriend. And it shall come to pass while my glory passes by that I will put thee in a cleft of the rock and will cover thee with my hand while I pass by. And I will take away my hand. And now for Moses, the best he could get, thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. But see, in the new covenant, when it talks about we have a better covenant, better covenant established upon better promises, and it talks about the holy of holies not made with hands, the actual one in the heavenlies. There is a, truly there is a mercy seat. It's on, it's on top of the Ark of the Covenant. Angels have their wings pointed towards it, and right there is, it's called the mercy seat, and it, we're told the blood of Christ abides there forever. The blood of Christ. He says, in a new and living way, let us have boldness to enter into the holy of holiest of holies. What is that new way? By the blood of Jesus Christ. You can go right into the throne room. You're already in Christ. You're standing on the rock. You have something Moses never got to have in his lifetime on earth. You have been born again. And you can, you're his child. And you can walk in there and see him face to face. You don't have to wait for a pillar or a cloud to come. Because the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, this is how he, this is his communication method primarily, first and foremost with us. With stammering lips and another tongue, I will speak unto this people. Now they would not listen. We listen. Times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord with stammering lips and an unknown tongue. This is the rest. This is the refreshing. It's just all so tied together with the new birth. We are seated. There is a place beside me. We are already seated at his right hand in the cleft of the rock in Christ. We are his child and we can enter... It doesn't, especially when my little Lily cakes, I love all my grandkids, but Lily was the youngest, you know, little girl. And uh, I don't care if I'd have been in a meeting with honchos of some kind, you know, big names or something. Lily comes busting in the room. Daddy, I can't tie, or Grandpa, I can't tie my shoe. Honcho, shut up a minute. Because <laughs> Lily is, is family. Well, you are too. I want to encourage you. Yes, go ahead. He said, don't forget the last part. <laughs> I was a... <laughs> so again, that original Greek says, these times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. And the Greek actually says, from the face of the Lord. Now, to see his face, you must be in his presence. This coming revival will be a presence revival you will be so aware of his presence within you upon you St. Patrick prayed it this way in front of you behind you above you beneath you and the verse that always comes to mind there for we live and move In him. How's it? Someone quote it for me. I didn't write it down. And have our being in him. See. His presence is going to go with us. He's, it's a type and shadow. It's not, angels are going to be at work too, but God's promise, I will go with you. And we can talk face to face anytime you want to. How do you do it, Father, with stammering lips and an unknown tongue? He communicates directly from his spirit to your reborn spirit. That mind that's not really born of him, but has been the process of being renewed, can't always understand what he's saying. But your spirit man can. And as your spirit understands, then it reveals that knowledge to your mind. And that's called transformation, if you yield to it.
the last thing he had me reminded me of a quote from the blueprint. I don't remember which one of the prophecies, but you know what? The blueprint for 2020, the the original 10. This paragraph is in there. I will come in my services like this and greater ones as I will. As in taking over the entirety of being able to saturate people with my presence. So strong that no one will move hardly or be able to exit the building. That's where we're going, people. Don't stop praying. Don't stop doing the blueprint. If something, we have people that's not here uh, tonight that would normally be here that I, I checked and, you know, they've got a call for a sniffle and just to be on the safe side. They're self-quarantining. They're just, you know, just to be on the safe side. That does not mean they're not here. That they're not present and that they're still praying. Most of you know for their almost two months, I was almost full time at my mother's house all day, every day. And I couldn't come and pray, but boy, I prayed. You know, pray, get in a lot of intercession. And I have yet to miss a day on the, on the election confessions. I'm not going to let that stop. When are you going to stop till he, I'm not going to stop to, even if they inaugurate Biden, I'm not going to stop. Until they say, until the Lord says stop, I'm not going to stop. I'm just not going to stop. I have a master. He said, don't stop doing the confessions. Even I can understand that. <laughs> don't stop doing it. So I'm not going to stop doing it. So, isn't that a wonderful chapter? Don't you love that? He's been taking me to that. And it's so amazing to me that that word refreshing only occurs once in the New Testament. And it only occurs once in the Old Testament. And the connection with stammering lips and an unknown tongue. Well, I speak to these people. And that's how the times of refreshing, or you could say revival. Now, I looked at this. One of the commentators, which I don't read. I don't spend a lot of time in commentaries. But I do remember this. In the, the, in the Greek word for refreshing there, it says properly a recovery of breath. And they said, they, they connected that up with the Holy Spirit, which the word is hegeos pneuma, pneuma, when it's the Holy Spirit. And the word pneuma means breath. It can mean wind. But it's breath. This refreshing is the refreshing of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Do you all get anything out of that? Oh, I'm telling you, I like that. It gives me encouragement to get my flesh. Still doesn't like to just spend long hours in prayer. It wants to be involved in doing other things. But uh, too bad. Y'all know I keep a good quotes folder, right? I told, I called Hans after one of the uh, evening services that he did, and I had to tell him. I said, "Well, you know, you have now joined the ranks of uh, Smith Wigglesworth, John G. Lake, and all of these other greats from the past." Because I've never heard anybody say it this way, but it was so good I had to put it in the quotes. Hans says, "You don't accidentally put the flesh to death." <laughs> And you don't accidentally crucify someone. <laughs> I said, Hans, that's going in the good quotes. You're right in there with the big boys now. <laughs> and the women. Yes, sir. Uh, I don't want to keep you real late tonight. One other thing that I did, uh, the very first day of the year, had a little quiet time. And it's amazing how the Lord leads me to things. and It's not important because he might lead you differently. But he led me, again, I've seen this video before, but it's by Catherine Kuhlman from one of the times that she was at ORU back in the 70s. And uh, every time I watch that, I get blessed. I don't know that I've ever, it's a, over an hour long. I don't know that I've ever watched it once where eventually tears didn't come. Because the, the anointing and the presence is still on that video all these decades later. But she's trying to help them understand uh the anointing and the Holy Spirit. 
And she's, in fact, I'm just going to read it to you. I know I wrote, I made some notes. This is obviously a little different tonight anyway. Let me just read it to you. This morning, the Holy Spirit led me to a video of Catherine Kuhlman teaching at ORU back in 1972. Such a wonderful video. There were so many important things in it to remember. The thing that stood out to me most was when she said, I have been, as a quote, I have been a great spectator as I have watched the Holy Spirit work through me. Catherine Kuhlman had nothing to do with it. It was my great privilege to be a spectator. I wrote under there, I want to be a spectator, Lord. She also said in the same video, quote, He will do the same for you that he has done for me if you are willing to pay the price. I would be lying to you if I said the cost was cheap. The cost is, you must die to self, because he will not share the throne with you. The most important verse in the Bible to her, and she starts, you know, she's a little dramatic, you know. You would not believe it. You would not believe it. I mean, <laughs> One time somebody accused her of being really theatrical, you know. And her older sister turned and to to said to that person, I've known her her whole life, that's just Catherine. <laughs> you wouldn't believe the verse if I told you. I was really surprised. And it's from the Psalms and it's from David. And it's after he had committed adultery with Bathsheba and had Uriah killed. And after Nathan the prophet had shown him He's the one. After that, after that, he says, and this was her verse, Take not thine Holy Spirit from me. I'm telling you, the, the presence revival is going to be all about Jesus functioning by way of the Holy Spirit, doing what he's always done. I keep telling Homer... My good friend, Homer Betancourt, your friend in Immokalee, said, Homer, be excited. We're about to have some Jesus meetings. The kind that he would put his seal of approval on. The kind where he's still going to run it himself. The kind where he's going to do the work himself by the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Well, one other thing. She said that is the most important verse to her in the Bible. She said, even that one is not my favorite verse. And again, you would not believe it. <laughs> if I told you, you would not believe it. I'm not making fun. I admire that woman so much. There's another video different than that one. Because she doesn't really minister a whole lot at the end of this one. But there's another one where she's at ORU. And you watch... How that woman worked with the Holy Ghost. She, she just, she would look right over here. I mean, it, that place is packed to the rafters, you know. The maybe center, I'm sure. Packed to the rafters. And she just look over to the left and point like halfway up. Someone right here is being healed of a deaf ear right now. And I'm going, how do you know that, Catherine? See, how do you know that? Who is it? Stand up. Sometimes you'll say, I could call you out, but for your sake, stand up. Better for them that they acknowledge. Now, sure enough, right there, right in that area. Stand up. We saw, we saw that with Pastor Dave for years, did we not? You know, and 99% of the time, someone here has a deaf left ear. And he, he would walk over, and it, I, you know, at first I didn't know to connect it up. But he's standing right near somebody, usually in front of somebody. And before it's over, it turned out to be that person or the one sitting right in the row right back. You know, right? It was even going where they were, you know. Just amazing. Well, 
I thank God for all the pioneers like Catherine Kuhlman, Smith Wigglesworth, John G. Lake, and Dave Roberson. Thank God. But in this last day army, this one's going to be a little different. I'm, I'm not saying there won't be. I never heard of an army without generals. But in this one, we're not going to sit and watch the generals work. We are going to allow the Holy Spirit himself to work through us. I mean, every soldier, every single one of us, and it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, we're going to learn how to get out of his way. Say it with me. I want to be a spectator. I want to watch the Holy Spirit do the work. Lord, help me get out of the way so the Holy Spirit can manifest Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, I never did tell you the, the most important verse. I'm sorry, it's over here. So her, the most important verse for her was, Take not thine Holy Spirit from me. Sorry, I didn't look up the reference, but I know where it is. It's in the Psalms. Her favorite verse, though, this is her favorite verse. Keep me as the apple of thine eye. Keep me as the apple of thine eye. Isn't that something? Who would have thought? She's right. I hardly believed it. I felt like saying back, I don't believe you. No, I'm <laughs> she had a good sense of humor. She was always teasing with oral. It was funny. I mean, she's quick, sharp. Hallelujah. Well, I think that's it for tonight. Listen, I love how that's all tied together with the times of refreshing. Times of revival shall come from the presence of the Lord. You've got that present word presence means from his face. Moses could only have the type in shadow hid in the cleft of the rock while God passed by. But we are seated at the right hand of God in Christ Jesus. We are in the cleft of the rock. We're in the rock itself. And literally, we have something he Moses didn't have. We've been born again. We are his very own child. And we can talk with him face to face. But he still does it, first and foremost, like Pastor Dave taught us lovingly, but relentlessly. He prefers to communicate with your spirit. He prefers that. Holy Spirit to your reborn spirit. That's why your understanding during that time is kind of left out of it. But as your spirit understands the mind of Christ, which includes your calling, includes your anointing, all of those things, as your spirit understands those things, it's your spirit then that reveals it really to your mind. And as that happens, that's called a renewed mind. Yes, sir. Last thought, because I see it, Romans 12, 2. Why is it so important that Paul would beg us, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord. Why? Why is it so important? He wants to inhabit us. And I mean inhabit us fully. We are the temple of the living God. We need to present bodies that are holy and acceptable. Otherwise, those words don't need to be in there. Well, now, he's given us the ability, the power to rise above sin, stamp it all out for our, liter for our bodies to be vessels that he can flow through completely. Some 30, some 60. How many wants the hundredfold? Complete the purging process. Okay, I've got to quit. Boy, I like that. I like that. Say it with me. Lord, always keep me as the apple of your eye. Take not your Holy Spirit from me and keep me as the apple of your eye. Hallelujah. I don't know why he would start teaching me a new teaching in between these two paragraphs. <laughs> For you are coming into a greater understanding of the truth of my word. For has not my son said, man shall not live by bread alone. But man shall live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Had my first son, Adam, 
lived by my word, you would not be, this world would not be the way it is today. Choosing that, choosing not to live by my word. Remove them. It caused them to be removed from the garden. That is why my children believe my word. Do my word. Act on my word. And you will see my blessing, my anointing, my power, and my presence in your life and in the coming revival. In a new way, I'm calling on you to measure the word higher than you have measured it before. When my word appears to contradict your circumstance, choose my word. Choose my word. Had Adam done that, things would be much different today. If you will choose my word, things will be much different for you. Choose my word. Live by my word. Believe my word. Act on my word. Says the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, we, those of us that have been taught in faith, I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm only moved by the word of God. Well, that's a nice saying. Be good if we lived it. <laughs> See, this what I'm hearing is the one of the words that came through Pastor Bronk after the ten, where he said, "Don't even receive the symptoms of your own body." Remember that? Don't receive that as being truth. That's what he's saying. But when he quits talking, I quit talking. I promised to obey him, okay? I promised. And I'm hearing a portion of the most recent prophecy that came through Pastor Bronk. Prophecies. I never heard the Holy Spirit say this before. This came through Pastor Bronk on December 27th. So that would be, what, the last meeting of, of the year at their church, I guess. And I'm just going to read you the first part of it. It's fairly long. It's almost two pages. But I, this is the part I heard while we were making the confessions. When he does that, my job's not to ignore it. See, praying in other tongues is a big part of it. We just looked how the Lord put that all together in the Bible. But you remember what Pastor Dave would say? He said, primarily, praying in tongues is a revelation gift. Worship is a presence gift. So even though the Lord was emphasizing in this lesson tonight, praying in other tongues with stammering lips, I will speak to this people and so forth. Listen to this first part. You, this is already at Bronx website. You can find it yourself. And it's already come out, I believe, through Dave Roberson's. I'm not sure yet about that. Anyway, the date on it is December 27th, 2020. And the title they put on it is Stay in Intimacy, The Rain is Coming. The Rain is R-A-I-N. So the Lord says, understand this, that in worship and in true adoration, more can be accomplished in you through my spirit than hours of preaching and teaching. Now you notice he did not say more than praying in tongues. But he said more than preaching and teaching. Then he says, more can be deposited in you. He's talking about during those times of true worship and adoration. During those times, more can be deposited in you than months of preaching and teaching. When your spirit yields to my spirit, then all of everything that I have taught you about myself through my spirit and my word, get this, comes into fullness. 
says the Spirit of Grace. I'm not looking for mechanics in these days. I'm not, I'm not looking for mechanics. He doesn't mean he's not calling garage mechanics. <laughs> Legalism. What he's talking about. I'm not looking for mechanics in these days. I'm looking for intimacy. All truth. Boy, what a sentence this is. All truth lives in intimacy. All truth lives in intimacy. All studied truth and all meditated truth, though it may be truth, if it is not immersed or mingled with intimacy, it will only be formulas. But I say unto you, take hold of every moment of intimacy, both in the service and at your place in private worship. Let these things go deep into your heart. Desire them. Lust after them. Count them the greatest part of your life and the most valuable part of your life, says the Spirit of Grace. I've got to read the next paragraph. The rain is coming. Can we just stop and worship? The rain is coming. The spiritual rain from heaven is coming. And though it has been prophesied and prophesied, not only in this house, but in many places worldwide, the rain is coming of my presence and of my glory like man has never seen. Even in comparison to the book of Acts, these things will supersede them, says the Spirit of Grace. But it will only be done through my intimacy and your spending time with me. The words are over and over and over again rehearsed in this place and in this house and throughout this ministry. But understand this. You're building to a point. And know that the path to that point, the journey to that place of the outpouring, is just as supernatural as the outpouring itself. And it continues on. Is this wonderful or what? This is already at bronkflint.org. Just go to the prophecy page. It's the last one listed for 2020. One other thing. This last year, you know what the Lord says about 2020? That everybody else is so upset about? Count this year that has passed as a year of victory. <laughs> Count this year as a place in your life of spiritual growth. Feel yourself fully equipped and ready to enter into 2021. Many will not go, but your focus has been recalibrated in this year. For you who are in that place that I'm describing, says the Spirit of the Lord, it will not matter to you if it's one or many or thousands that choose to go. Your concentration has been narrowed down to a laser focus in me that does not look to the strength of man or in numbers, says the Spirit of Grace. i got to quit. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. So when he's saying, add worship in there, don't forget the worship part. Real transformation comes in that intimacy and that worship. Okay. Well, I didn't want to ignore it, you know. It's not my fault. Now, again, I'll be transparent again. Most of you know my, my physical battle has been with my back. Has been for a long time. So the Lord, that prophecy is the first time it came in that form about how we... Uh, about his word, okay? But I think it was the morning of the first, maybe maybe a day or two before that. I kept remembering, or he kept bringing to my mind, be careful how you measure the word. With the same measure that you measure, it shall be measured back to you again. Remember that? And... Uh, he reminded me of the day he walked right through the wall over there, come over here and put his finger on the Bible and says, I want to be believed. All right. So one morning, one of these discussions happened within the last two or three days. Are you ready to believe me, son? Yes, sir. I remember that verse, man shall not live by bread alone, but man shall live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Okay. He says, how do you measure that? 
said, I measure it as being truth. He says, how do you measure this? By my stripes, you were healed. And I said, foolishly, well, I measure that 100%. And he says, does your back know it? You know what he's doing as a loving father? He's showing me where I really am and not where I want to be. So, it's hard to... Sue has seen me time and again over the last couple of days when I get ready to walk. See, it hurts me to stand like this, to stand straight up. It hurts a lot. Almost, uh, I mean, it hurts. So I got a preacher in my back. His name is Payne. And he's preaching I'm not healed. And he's using pain to preach it. Pretty good preacher. It's hard not to take him serious. But see, I've got another preacher in my spirit that tells me by the stripes of Jesus, I was healed and I am healed. Himself bore my sicknesses and carried my pains. So how am I going to measure that? So I got to preach back to my back. <laughs> You're healed. Healed men don't walk hunched over. We're going to walk straight. Sue's seen me several times. I'll, I'll do like this. You know, steady myself. Walking. Now at this moment, it's a lot of pain for me to do that. But which is the truth? See, this is what he's saying. Which is the truth? The pain in my back or by his stripes I was healed? What am I going to live by? By his stripes, I was healed. Pain or no pain. I, I talk to the pain. I tell it to go. Don't get me wrong. I'm doing better about that. But I'll tell you. I'll just tell you. I measure. I said, Lord, I repent. I, I see what you're showing me. God. See, it's, and it's really goes. It's no different than Adam. And Adam had to choose. He had to choose which was true. What God said or what the devil said, what his wife said. And his choosing, not the word, was the way out of all the blessings. That's why the only way back in is to really believe the word. And I mean measure it 100 fold. The pain or no pain, I got to preach to my back. Man will be judged by every idle word. There's no more. My prayer, no more idle words concerning my back will ever come out of my mouth. An idle word means one that's non-productive. And you're going to see me walk straight as a string and pain-free, by the way. Because that is the truth. So he always has me be transparent. But most people, it helps them at the same time. You know what areas you're... So whatever area your pain is, whatever area your deficiency is, what does the Word say? Live by the Word. Hallelujah.